Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. Xbox 12360. Featuring weekly news, insider commentary, and interviews with superstars, past and present from the world of pro wrestling. A new day is dawning for DS. And now, your hosts, Sean, Xbox Wolfman. Welcome to Xbox 12360, everyone. This will be take four of this intro. Yeah. So, um,. Yeah, this is take four, and it's going to be a great show today, because a little bit later on, we're going to be joined by the new IWGP United States Heavyweight Champion, Juice Robinson. Really looking forward to talking to him, you guys, because, uh, you know, I used to talk to him quite a bit when he was still um, with WWE and and at NXT and everything, and, you know, uh, just remember him being very frustrated, and you know, I had a had a, an extensive conversation with him on you know on his way out the door there, hmm. and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about about that conversation too when he when he comes on a little bit later. But uh, this weekend, uh, we had we had the Cow Palace and uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling show, and you were there, right, Denise? Yeah, it was a big weekend in wrestling. There was tons going on, and even there was a lot more follow up news afterwards. But I basically drove up to the G1 show, and it was pretty cool. Obviously, it was my first time at the Cow Palace, which, by the way, so I don't know if you guys recall, but when the Young Bucks were on, they did tell us that the original venue that they were probably going to be running all in was was actually at the Cow Palace. Yes. Now, obviously, that was a bigger. The all in is going to be a bigger. 10,000 people as we know least, and yeah. the New Japan show which was like six to 7,000. I'm just going to say this. I am so happy that the All In show is not going to be at the Cow Palace yeah. because being there granted the pros of this building is that anywhere you sit you see perfectly fine no matter where you sit it's such a wide. 12,000? Yeah like yeah. I think 12, 14, <laughs> somewhere around there. I'm not sure but so the thing was about the Cow Palace was they were not ready for this amount of people to show up. I'm not kidding you when I tell you that we spent 40 minutes trying to get into the parking lot. There was, get this, I'm not even exaggerating, three people, three people doing the the parking, taking the parking money to get inside. <laughs> cash only. There was people running out of their cars to go run across the street to the liquor store just to get cash from the ATM. What? It was absolutely insane. 25 minutes prior to the show, there were still super long lines from what I can see the long lines from where I'm parking, from I'm waiting to get inside to the parking structure. Yes. It wasn't necessarily the parking. It was just the fact that they only had three employees. Inside the show for the concession stands, I missed a match and a half and a lot of people did too they missed at least 30 minutes of the show if you wanted to get concessions because wow. they were absolutely long lines when the concession stand that I was in only had two employees 
So are you talking about to get drinks and and uh, yes, you know to get food and drinks whatnot? to get food? Uh, they weren't they weren't ready. Did they have a better setup for their merchandise? They did. They had at least three stands, which was a lot better because mm-hmm. in the past shows they've only had one, maybe two, and people you know with the you first show the they spent hours. Show, yeah, exactly. So with this one here, they didn't, and um, they had a normal line. Like if you were at a WWE show, it was a normal line for that. So to me, that falls on the venue. If the merch was yes. fine, that means New Japan had that covered. To me, that's the venue not looking at ticket sales. I guess because how do you have no one working at parking and then not enough concessions? You have to look at your pre-sales. And all right. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is uh, I'm pretty sure the the Cal Palace doesn't get used for much these days. Good point. Uh, I'm not 100 percent sure what they're like. I guess we could look it up real quick, but I don't think that. Yeah, they might have do, been like, at the last show shows. that they ran there. No, they had one I think oh, okay. in between. Okay, but it was you know all pro runs there, and the first time that I was in that building, you know, they put like 2,500, 3,000 people in there, mm-hmm. and uh, um, you, you know there weren't. I don't. I didn't hear about any issues like you're talking about. And maybe they just assumed it was going to be another one of those type of deals. Yeah, you know, it's funny because when I tweeted it out, I was mm-hmm. getting responses from people yeah. where they were like, oh, man. And people were obviously stressed out in the parking line. Um, one of the things that I also wanted to mention, too, was that it probably took to, like, the second or third match. Because I know you guys couldn't see this from TV for the second uh, portion of the Cow Palace to actually get full because for the majority of it, for the top, the opening match, there yeah. was hardly nobody on the top rope. The 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 bottom floor was completely full, though. Okay. I was going to, that was what I was going to ask you is, uh, so uh, the venue wasn't, uh, didn't look, it hadn't filled up yet, and that was the main reason? I don't know what the main reason is. I'm going to assume it was a parking issue. Yeah. Yeah. Because Sounds afterwards, like it. it was completely full, which, and, and obviously mm. because it didn't sell out, it was great because if you're at the top, you get to move around. So we yeah. actually moved seats and got some nice center seats. But I'm telling you, wherever you sat there, you could see, yeah. which was perfectly fine. I uh, I watched, uh, there. I didn't see every bit of the show, uh, full disclosure, but I watched which as much as I could and so like I saw the opener and I thought it was a, a really well done opener. Agreed. It was a it was an ideal opener. They knew their spot on the card. Everyone got in there, shined a bit. You know, they had a really nice I mean it was it was just it was nice. I, I liked it. It was nice and orderly and it was easy for everyone to digest everything everyone did. Uh even though there was ten people involved and, and um that's not easy to do. Uh, those ten mans can turn into the, like major. Uh, I'm trying to watch the f bombs. Major cluster uh, <laughs> fracks. There it is, as they say at Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> yeah. I think it's becoming a fun routine too. The first faces you see now are always Rocky Romero, Rapungi 3K. Yeah. And at the last couple of major events, that's what happened. And sure enough, again this time around, and I think that's really cool. It's like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. And so Rocky mm-hmm. Romero. Uh, who was just here a couple weeks ago? Yes. Uh, who actually, by the way, thank you, Rocky, for connecting uh, connecting me with Juice Robinson awesome. for for today's show. But Rocky, you could take him and put him with these these guys from Rapungi 3K, and he that you know they get to sit under that learning tree. Mm-hmm. Rocky knows what's up. Yes, he does. Yeah, um, he had some pretty good teachers. Anyways, <laughs> um, so yeah, I really love what they what. You know how they're using Rocky right now. Absolutely. 
Yeah. He was definitely one of the highlights of that match for sure. Yeah. He did a lot of really good stuff on that show. And one of the things that I also want to mention is that at the beginning with this match is one of the things you noticed was that crowd was actually very different from the previous, from the first New Japan show in Long Beach is that this crowd was definitely a lot more local versus the first shows that were flying. Yes. So you can tell because of how the crowd was reacting mm-hmm. um, to the matches mm-hmm. and to certain moves that, mm-hmm. you know, maybe to someone that has been watching for a longer time, either A, they wouldn't react or they would react versus the crowd where they didn't or did react to certain moves. So So did you feel like they were less educated? Yes. Yeah. Because, for example, the guys right next to me, they were like, oh, oh, what's that guy's name again? Nado? Nado? And I was like, okay, I'm I'm not going to look at you. But no, it was really cool, though, because they were really excited for the product. They were excited for all the big moves, and they were marking Somebody didn't know Naito's name? (laughs) They should burn in hell, right? I mean... (laughs) What's the matter with people not knowing... Names of the big stars and the wrestling shows they go to see. Anyways, but it go. was cool. It was cool. Yeah, uh, there was also a lot of other good, really good matches. For example, I really enjoyed the Bucks match uh, with Sonata and Evil. I think yeah. that was the part, the part of the show where the show really. Um, after this, the show just kind of like went really well. Uh, the Okada Osprey match with Naito and Bushi was really cool because uh, I kind of felt like they were having like a different match all in one. So that was yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah, it was. That's the one I watched the least of for some reason, and I don't know why. I'm not sure. I so it's hard for me to comment on whether that match, you know, what it was. I'll take your word for it. No, yeah. Well, one of the matches that everyone is talking about is the Hiromo Takahashi versus Dragon Lee. Yes. Um, obviously, this was a really, really great match. Fun fact: Dragon Lee had actually wrestled four matches in like the last 24 hours prior yeah. to this, so he's been like really crazy. He won King of the Indies, right? Yeah, so basically, unfortunately, though, Hiromo Takahashi did get injured. As we all know, there's rumors that he broke his neck. We don't have anything confirmed as of yet. He is, um, you know, talking, still able to talk and all of that. But they are saying that it happened during the Phoenix Plex spot where Dragon Lee's hand might have slipped, which if you guys saw, like, this was, you know, it was pretty intense. But I don't know what your thoughts on it. My thoughts on it are... um Look, people do things, and and we take chances, and uh, and this is a really dangerous it is. industry. Yeah. That being said, there's no excuse for what happened in, in that. None whatsoever. That was bullshit. Sorry. And I'm a big fan of, of these both of these guys. Uh, but, you know, it's one thing when you take a risk with your own health like that and, and executing a move for the sake of a crowd reaction. But you don't do that with somebody else's health. It's it's our job. It's as as uh it's it's part of the code. It's that we protect our opponent at the expense of our own bodies. And um, you know, I hope that like I, I, I think that uh Takahashi will be okay eventually because I've been there. I've actually like one of my broken necks actually both of them happened with the same kind of uh, impact. impact to the head, <clears throat> uh, just like that. So I honestly, as soon as it happened, I figured he might have a broken neck. And even as he was going and competing, because I finished both of my matches uh, with a broken neck and had other matches after that. You could watch my, I, I lost I lost the WCW tag belts with Scott Hall to the Steiner brothers. And um, and the finish, and, and part of the finish was me getting uh, DDT'd off the top, uh, from the top rope up of, Rick Steiner's shoulders. So, you know, we can, 
we can come back from these things. And a broken neck doesn't necessarily mean, like, end of the world catastrophic shit. It might not even mean surgery. Cause exactly. You could just crack a vertebra that yes. doesn't even cause nerve damage. So the words broken neck sound terrifying. And granted, it's awful this happened because they were just going crazy. But physical therapy perspective, surgical perspective, it doesn't always mean surgery. It could just mean you have to be in a, you know, you have to be stabilized for six yeah. weeks and let the bone heal. But and, and, like, okay, and, and, and saying all this, and I kind of maybe sound, you know, like I'm coming out hard on Dragon Lee. Now, yeah, but because he, you know, you know, uh, but I think he's probably coming out hard on himself, I, I, I would imagine. Uh, and, um, and I just hope that's a, a lesson for everyone. Yes. Everyone on the card, everyone in the industry. You know, because that match had so much already. Yeah, they didn't have to. They no. didn't have to do all. And that. there's just no way that move was going to come off. It wasn't going. It, like you could tell from the get go that it wasn't going to work. Just because he had him in that position, or that move in general, should just get it out the, of the, the laws of physics. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> Said that that's how he was going to land. Gravity. Yeah, I also kind of felt like, because from where I was seen, you know, obviously I couldn't tell, but it just overall, like the sequence, they were moving so fast, then to get them in this position was, you know, it's pretty intense to get yourself yeah. tucked in like that and just, you know, protect the head, you know, you don't really need to land on your head to make a match great, to get no. a to get a good pop from the crowd, just don't land on your head, protect yourself, and, you know, go on from there. And moving on, actually, the next match, which we're going to have our guest later today, Juice Robinson, uh, defeated Jay White, which actually got one of the biggest pops, if not the biggest pop of the night from the crowd. It was a great match. You know, both guys, Jay White has really come into this new character that he's doing now, and I think it's super cool. And then Juice Robinson, since the first time that he's been on, that we that I saw him live at the first Long Beach show, he has absolutely shined. And even when we had Stone Cold on the show, that was one of the names that he mentioned was, man, the Juice Robinson really impressed me. So both of these guys went out there. They had an awesome match. However, there's one moment that, you know, unfortunately, Jim Ross was knocked out of his seat from the announcer's table, yeah. which is something mm -hmm. that, you know, obviously, at the moment, a lot of people didn't know if this was a work or not, which obviously, if you can tell, I knew right away it wasn't because I knew for a fact Jim Ross was not going to take a bump, you know, just a rant for just, you know, a random no, match. Physically, Jim Ross is not at the point where He's bumps 66 are... 66 years yeah. old. That was incredibly reckless and careless and no excuse for it whatsoever. Yeah. Exactly. Jim Ross had said that he had spoke to New Japan officials and said that he didn't want people fighting near his t near his desk. So I don't know if this was like kind of like the right hand doesn't tell the left hand sort of situation or what happened there. But unfortunately, you know, uh, he's, there, it is believed that he suffered a broken rib. But it's it's not. either broken or probably bruised. It sounds right. like. And then when when you bruise a rib and like and you have rib stuff like. Uh, the ribs are right next to the lungs and, you know, then you have, like, issues with lungs, you know, and, and then it becomes incredibly hard to breathe. Yeah, he had to cancel a couple personal yes. appearances and that's... Um... Well, I, I, I texted with him a little bit yesterday and, you know, he didn't really say, like, oh, I'm fine or anything. He would just, you know, you know, yeah. thanking me for... I'm cl he's clearly not pleased and, and who could blame him? That's... Yeah, but, that, but like, okay... All that being said, and no one did anything on purpose, right? You know, uh, um, it wasn't meant. You know, nothing was meant by. Um, it did. It did. Like, it was a major distraction. The stuff with Josh, with Josh, like, and I, and I understand where Josh was coming from. Mm -hmm. I totally do. Uh, 
but um, you know, uh, it took it. It risked taking. I don't know if I'm saying this right. It could have taken something away from the from the, but it didn't. It, it still like I got like I got back into the match, and uh, you know sometimes when something like that happens, like you know especially you know, the champs running around or, you know running scared from the freaking color commentator was, who happens to be like one of the toughest guys in the world, but sure, it's not a good look. Right. It was very strange. Yeah, so it makes you wonder. What was really supposed to happen when Barnett got in the ring? And I, oh, I just he just kinda... got in the ring because he was pissed. Sure, yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, so you know, they once the match got going again, it it was rocking and rolling, and I really enjoyed the finish. I really did. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think so too. And then obviously the last match after this was Omega and Cody Rhodes with Omega retaining. Uh, this match went quite a while, 30, maybe 40 minutes around so. Yeah. And, um, you know, I thought it was a good match. It wasn't necessarily my favorite out of the, the two that I've seen from them. I think their Ring of Honor match was a little bit better. But, you know, it was good. And they had some really good spots in that match as well. It was very good. It was actually excellent. It was, you know... Um, it was, and it was. I thought it was a nice way to close the show, especially with all the brawl, the big, the big. Uh, oh boy, bullet club brawl or that whatever was you call that. Something else. Yeah, it was nicely done. Uh, so yeah, I really enjoyed the Cody and, and and Omega, and I liked the different things they did, and, and I loved the story they told. And uh, it's a good, you know, they had like what'd you say, like forty minutes. Yeah, they, it was it was a they little while it too because look. That Chiefs Robinson match being on right before that, like, could take some of the steam away from you if you go on after, you know, a match like that with a big feel good moment, big title change, and, mm-hmm. you know. So, uh, and it did a little bit, I think. I mean, at least from, I, mean, I don't know what you think, Denise, you were there, but uh, it. You know, they had to work to get the people in. Yeah, right? I was a little tired. It did take a while. I was yeah. kind of like, oh, man, I'm tired now. Yeah. Like, I was looking forward to this match, but ex- I'm sure. tired. I'm exhausted, uh, you know? And then yeah. since it kind of dragged a little bit, at least for me, because I was there, I kind of felt like, oh, man. So maybe yeah. that's why I personally thought that their last one was better, just because of how maybe exhausted I already felt. That could that could play a part. Yeah. So um, rewatching on TV, I guess. I was very concerned when Cody crashed off that table, but apparently he's perfectly fine. So thank God for that. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. Even so. Japanese tables in America, they still just don't break. Yeah. They just don't. All right. All right, you guys. Um, we're going to take a break now. I think that's, I mean, that's pretty much everything for now. We're not going to talk about anything else this week. Fair enough. We're going to come back with Juice Robinson. Welcome back to X-Pac 12360, everyone. Joining us via Skype uh, from his from his uh, humble abode somewhere in, uh, like, south of Chicago, Illinois. He's the new IWGP, United States Heavyweight Champion. I'm honored to have Juice Robinson join us. Yeah. Yeah, man. Hey, Juice, uh, I think I've already told you this, uh, but I'll tell it to you in front of everyone. I couldn't be happier for anyone in the business, uh, any more happier than I am for you right now. Oh. Man, thanks. That means a lot coming from you. Well, you know, uh, I mentioned in the, in the text last night, it might have been this morning, uh, that I vividly remember the conversation you and I had uh, at the, at Full Sail uh, University, right? I think you were on your way out the door. I think you had just gotten your release, right? 
I think, or was it at Full Sail or was it at a WrestleMania Access? It might look. I just remember you were you were leaving, and yeah. and we had a conversation, and uh, you told me what your plans were, and yeah. uh, a lot of people have plans, uh, Juice, and a lot of people like, you know, they have like you know an idea what they want to do when they leave uh, the WWE and. Uh, more often than not, those plans don't come to fruition, but they have for you. I'm very, very happy for you, man. Dude, thanks. I mean, I think it was one of those things. I, I had such a, I just had so much I wanted to prove, and I yeah. was frustrated with a lot of things. But looking back now, it was mostly you know, just at, I was I was stuck, and it wasn't their fault. It wasn't my fault. It was just I was stuck, and I had yeah. to leave, and I was just fired up to get out there and just start kicking ass. So, uh, you know, yeah, and it on my feet. Fuck. Yeah. Here's the thing. Um, you know, when we're in the middle of that and when, when we're going through that stuff and, you know, we're not seeing eye to, you know, or they're not seeing in you what you see in yourself. It's easy to take that personal because it's such a personal business, you and know, you, and if wrestling, if you, if you love wrestling the way I love wrestling, which of course we all do, or we wouldn't yeah. do it it's hard and it, you know, it sucks sometimes you love it so much. If it's not working out the exact way you want, oof, it hurts your heart, yeah. you know? Yeah. Arr, I've been there, man. I've been the guy like there that I actually, I had to leave, you know, and go to WCW and, and prove myself, you know, uh, and then, and then come back. And so I've been that one that just, you know, wished that they, that Vince would look at me the way I, I wanted him to, you know? And, and and it, it hurt my feelings, man. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, so I'm, no, I sound like a pussy, but you know. And I remember Vince telling me, "Oh, Sean, you know this is business. Don't take it so personal." I said, "You take your business very personal, Vince, don't you?" I said, "This is my life, you know." So it's all you got. It's all you got. You know? Yeah, by by choice, but it's all you got. So so, so when you uh, when you decided you. Tell me where your mind was at when you decided, okay, um, I think I'm done here for now, and I want to go and, and uh, you know, try my, you know, you know, take a chance on myself out in the rest of the world. Well, it, it, it was a gradual thing, and it's it started. I mean, right when I got there, I only had about a year or, or two years of. I wasn't on the indies very long. Right. I wasn't working. I didn't have a lot of experience, so I went to FCW with very little experience and I was always kind of uh, rubbed up to the, like the guys that were like, you know, the Seth Rollins and the Dean Ambrose yeah. and the Claudios. Cause those guys were the guys I watched on, on the independence in my area, but I never became that before I somehow landed in FCW, yeah. but they had went through all the stuff. So uh, I, I would hear all their stories, you know, about all of them going all around the world. And then those people, you know, turned into, the Pox and the Finn Balors and the Kevin Steens and the El Genericos, they all came in and they were all, they became like my, my best boys. Yeah, They would just tell me all the stories and they were all, they would come in and they were so great right away. They were obviously put way ahead of me. And it, it just, you know, I started being like, damn it, I should have experienced all that. Why didn't I? Yeah. Oh, and then, you know, you're 25 and it's not working out. So I was like, oh, I, I, if I'm going to go try to learn all that and become like those guys, I better do it pretty quick. And, you know, they kind of gave me the, yeah, dude, that's a good way of looking at that. If you, I think looking at it that way, there was no way that I could fail because I wanted to be good just because I wanted to be yeah. good. You know? 
So how did you end up there so quick anyways? I So I, re- I, I did a tryout when I was 21, and I just I won them over in the tryout, and they, it was almost – I got knocked out my tryout, and uh, as I was coming to, I, all the trainers and like Steve Kern and Tom, uh, Dr. Tom were above me, and I was like, I didn't know where I was, obviously, so I was just like, cover me, cover me. And Steve Kern said, well, that that we're hiring that guy. Yeah. That's the kind of guy we want. You know, I didn't know what was going on. I just knew, <laughs> you know, when you're not when you're on uh, when you're on, when you're not loopy, you're just like, oh my god. Like, yeah. For me, what's the next spot? You know, what's next? I'm just curious. Auto, how, I'm, I'm just curious how you ended up with the tryout and 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 that and thought about even going to developmental at, at such a, an early point in your career. Okay, so before I even went through, yeah. I did the trial was I, I wrestled Lenny Lane. Remember oh yeah, WCW? of course. Yeah, uh, Lenny and Lodi, right? Yeah. And uh, I wrestled him, and he he I was really green and stuff, but he he thought. At the time, they were only they were hiring guys that were green. They didn't yeah. want guys with a lot of indie experience at this time. So he told me, before you get any bad habits, let's just get you, try to get you in the system because they're going to teach you the way they want you to wrestle. Anyways, that was the school of thought then. Yeah. Uh, like 2010 and 11, you know. It was before they started signing all the independent guys. And uh, he called Norman Smiley, and Norman Smiley said, hey, we're having a camp down here, yeah. and it's a 1000 bucks, but... It, it's not, you know, it's not a gimmick. They're going to sign some guys out of it. So I did it just thinking like, okay, they're going to tell me like, I'll be able to take four or five, six things that I could work on for the next four or five years. And you know what I mean? I'll be able wow. to see what, what take, what are they looking for? And I, then I can go try to apply that on like, you know, the independent shows. Little did I know I got signs. Wow. I was going to get. Signs, you so, know, you, so, you were, so, so you were like, you were willing to spend a thousand dollars to go in there and just get on the map with them and get some feedback. That's the only, that's like the, the biggest thing you were looking for out of it, huh? Yeah. I, yeah. Wow. I was just thinking like, yeah, I'd learn a couple, you know, a couple things that I've, oh, you know, just a little couple things sure. that they're looking for, like keeping your hands up or how, to, how they like their baby faces to sell or their heels yeah. to do this. You know what I mean? Just yeah. something hey, so- I can work on it. So and then you know FCW and before before it turned into NXT you know uh, I I came down there and I saw you there you know I saw you there in 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 Tampa at that at that FCW whatever they called the FCW arena right and yeah. uh, it's easy it was easy to get lost in the shuffle around there at that point oh hundred percent I'm just a regular six foot two shitty or decently bodied white guy you yeah. know look like everybody else and. I was just, you know, green 22-year-old, just like everybody else. They had 40 of me. Yeah. <laughs> so I can see that. Yeah, man. And, uh, and But here's the thing about it, uh, Juice. There's a lot of amazing talent that's doing really well right now that was lost in the shuffle at FCW right. and NXT. Yeah. So they, I mean, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm really, uh, do you remember our conversation, the, the one we had right before you left and, and the things I said to you? Uh, not, not as, I, I just remember the feeling afterwards. I was, it was definitely a positive, like, hey, well, here's the, I mean, is, I just got to do it. I, I gave you some, I gave you some feedback on what I thought you needed to work on. And I, I don't necessarily like need to go into all those things on here, but I, I'll tell you this, whether it was me that, that like, telling you that that sunk in or you heard it from other people or you just already kind of inherently knew that's what you had to work on you did it you know uh 
you're, I, I will just say this, like your mean streak is a lot, uh, is a lot bigger now than it was uh, when, in your time in WWE. Yeah, I, I could, yeah, I could definitely see that. I yeah. think I'm more confident now. Way more. That's the thing. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's easy. Like when you, when you get lost in the shovel, it's easy to get, uh, consumed with self doubt. And, uh, and, uh, you know, that's a killer, man. That's a, that's a, it, it, it messes, it, it, it just messes up our whole psyche. And, oh, yeah. yeah, and, and being able to leave there and, uh, and build your self confidence back up. And then, you know, I, I honestly believe, uh, Juice, that you'll be back in WWE and in a fantastic, uh, spot at some point if you choose to do so. Yeah. People, I'm, you know, I'm getting, I'm hearing that a lot, a lot now. And I, I don't know. I, it's, I, 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 I'm so happy right now. And things just seem like I, that they're just going to get better and better as far as with the company. And yeah. I think uh, my position in the company, I, I just don't, I don't know. I don't see the ceiling in New Japan. So right. I just want to go. Yeah. I want to go until I hit that for sure. And if I never hit it, then I'm never leaving. If I hit it and I get stuck or something happened and I had to go somewhere else, you know, I've, I'm, yeah, I can. Uh, I'd love to, you know. See, I think I, I think if you stay the course in New Japan, uh, I see an IWGP title reign in your future, at some point. Oh, gee, oh, I just got goosebumps. No, I'm serious. <laughs> I mean, you guys want to join in on this? Absolutely. I mean, I'd love to ask you too. You know, while we're talking about your transition to New Japan. You had to do that in incredibly humble fashion. You leave NXT yes. on your own fruition, which NXT was really getting popular at the time. And it wasn't an easy transition. You went to New Japan. It's not like they said, hey, you're going on TV right away. Tell us about that transition. You went right in with a lot of other people who were necessarily, they were brand new. And you just had to probably swallow a lot of humble pie. What was that experience like? Well, I, when I was little, I would always, you know, whether it was... Jericho's book or just the stories you hear about Japan back in the you know everybody knows about the infamous dojo and stuff yeah and I figured if I, going, if I was going to New Japan I you know I wanted to get I wanted I wanted to stay in the dojo if, I mean shit that's a bucket list thing yeah <laughs> you know wow. I want I want to go I want to live in the dojo and uh and I thought at the same time that the uh you know the Ligers and the Nagatas and the Kojimas of the world would probably appreciate it if i came in and you know did the whole system went through the whole system i'm not saying that i went through it the same way that a uh you know a black black trunk shaved head japanese white uh or young boy goes through it yes you know it's a little difficult for them they you know they didn't kill me but i also you know knew how to work a little but yeah i wanted to train with them and i wanted to show everybody that i didn't come come in thinking that nxt was anything other than you know what it was especially i had no ego at all you know at all i wanted to i wanted to pay my dues the right way and, and so it, did you have uh, some of the similar duties as the young boys in terms right of like cleaning and stuff like that yeah i clean oh yeah i clean i clean some toilets and swept some floors and hose down the uh the driveway you wash any back hey, you wash anybody's back juice <laughs> I didn't <know. laughs> no I didn't have to wash any backs <laughs> so I'm, I assumed that you had, you didn't wash anybody's balls either then, huh? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. no that, that, we left that to David Finley he was he, he oh he's the ball washer he's the, yeah, ball, he's washer. the ball washer oh wow <laughs> You heard it here first. <laughs> I used to hear those stories, and I always—I still don't know if anyone ever used to wash anybody's balls in the dojo. 
Exactly. You know, I always, I've, I've heard him too. I don't. It's a, I, I think that's Open a, I think that's what you call an urban legend. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I would have drew. I would have drew the line in the sand there. I don't want to yeah. make that do. So, <laughs> so uh, you know, when when you go through the system like that. Uh, you're in, man. Like that's the thing with New Japan. When you do that, and and as long as you don't get heat and and are a complete douchebag, like you pretty much have a job there for life. Yeah, man. They're so they're so. Uh, I mean, they care about their guys so much, you know. And they're it's just very noble. That's just how Japanese yeah. people, I feel like, they are as a whole. It's awesome. Yeah. So, Juice, what are the differences or similarities of training at the Performance Center versus the dojo? Well, it, so in the do, the dojo was more like uh, bumping and I don't know. They, you, you have to remember there was a lot of like guys that were just really starting out to even take like backdrops and hip toss, hip tosses. When I was at the performance center, it was more I was in like one of the higher classes where obviously we already knew all that stuff, so we were kind of a, applying it. Yes. So in the dojo, it was more for me, it was like I was just going through the drills, just the basic drills, stuff, you know, you could do in your sleep, but still get a workout out of it. The, the uh, performance center, it turned more into like a mental, you know, a lot of tape study, yeah. a lot of like studying psychology and, you know, applying, you know, the, the finer things of the business, I guess you would say. Uh, and then the dojo just kind of got back to the basics. I was like, you know, drop down, leapfrog, hip toss, get it again over and over. And, yeah. Sweating and so, and you know, so just, know, people up. Can you speak to, uh, you know, the young boys when they have their matches on on the cards? You know what they're restricted. Uh, they they can only use certain moves. That, you know, like no fancy high spots. Can you speak to that? Yeah, they uh, when they start, everybody's you know black trunks, yep. black boots, head shaved. They have no identity. They have like one loop music for all the. It's just the same generic bullcrap music, no entrance video. They have to get to the ring as fast as they can. Uh, and they're all, they can use like a body slam, a hip toss, a forearm. Uh, drop kick. A Boston crab, a drop kick, maybe a back. I think they're allowed to use backdrops now, some of them. And they all have to do the use the exact same tools because then, you know, you actually get to, then they have to actually learn how to get over the right way by like selling and fire and yeah. emotion charisma and so now they're actually uh it's just a, it's a real pure way of doing it if you ask me and uh as they get better then they're allowed to throw in like a new move here or there if they can do it safely and uh they kind of as they before they go on excursion they start to develop a little bit of a personality yeah and then they get sent off to excursion when when whenever once the office knows okay this guy has we could do something with him then they graduate then they come back with a gimmick and uh, then they're off to the races, but in, yeah, it's for the first two or three years, they got about five moves. They're just like everybody else. And it's kind of like a, let's see who gets over out of these five guys or who figures out how to do it the best. It's, I think it's awesome. When you, when you do it that way, you're building incredibly strong foundations. Yeah. Cause they have to use the basics. Yeah. It's it's so cool. And it gives them a little care. They have characters. They don't even know it. Uh, like, yeah. uh, like they have a built in character. That's so easy. Like anytime that one of them find like everybody's knocked down, there's one young lion on the apron and he wants the tag, but yeah. the guy in the ring is like Ishii, 
but the guy, the kid on the apron just loses his mind, like, come on, I want it, I want it, I want it, I want to get in there. And the crowd's just going crazy, and it works every time. You know, you tag him, and the place goes crazy, and he loses two minutes later, but, man, it's fun. Yeah. And Speaking so, of the, the place going crazy, it seemed like the crowd at the Cow Palace really reacted when you hit Pulp Friction, and they counted the three for you, but Jay White kicked out. And then when you won with the roll-up, they were just in shock, and then they reacted. Such a great finish, yeah. Is that what you expected? Yeah. Well, I was ho- I was hoping that if I threw a, if there was a roll up early and then and then he kicked out of my finish, then everybody would sit there being like, "Well, <laughs> Juice is definitely going to lose now because he's got about six moves and a roll up, and he did all of them." Yeah. So <laughs> it it worked. I, I thought that was a good time for somebody to kick out of that. Is that was that the first time anyone really kicked out of it? And then on a big Kenny match. Kicked, Kenny kicked out of it once too, but but, but yeah, did, just, didn't you beat Kenny? Yeah, yeah. So it was uh, in, before... a, in, a, in a different match to set that match up. Okay. Since you and Jay White were at the dojo together, has this success motivated you? Has his success motivated me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Me and uh, you know, I like Jay. Jay likes me, but we're definitely rivals. I, I would say. I want. I want to. You know, I want to be on his heels or be ahead of him at all times. You know what I mean? I, it's a good, it's a good healthy thing. You know. Hey, and, so, and so, Juice, when, uh, okay, did you guys have any matches prior to your, uh, prior to your Cal Palace match? Uh, other than the a little, I mean, tag matches to set yeah. to set it up. Or before, we had one uh, singles match a few years ago in uh, as when we were both like young lions in the farm, some farm town in Japan somewhere. So it's not like WWE where, okay, we have this pay-per-view match coming up uh, next month, um, and so we're going to have, like, you know, six, a half a dozen or a dozen uh, warm-up matches on the road before we get to the pay-per-view. Uh, yeah, our, our version of that is a little just like two minutes in a tag, like maybe yeah. a high spot or two in a tag just to set it up. There were so many elements to that match. One of them being, obviously, the suplex into the barricade. Uh, when that happened, I mean, that that was that really created a, a huge stir. I mean, did you kind of look up and, and you were, were you in shock at seeing what happened? I, I mean, no, I didn't know what happened at first. I just heard, I just heard the crowd, and I was like, well, I know that was a pretty, you know, impactful bump, but it, it kind of grew. So then I looked around like, what the hell? What? And then I noticed that Jr. had fallen because he was getting up and he's like asking where his hat was. And by that time, Josh Barnett had stood up and the crowd, I liked it at first because it added a lot of electricity to the crowd. And then when he passed the uh, fence and got in the ring, I was just kind of like, oh my God, I hope this, I don't know how this is going to end. You know, it could have been. I hope it ends pretty quick. Yeah, Hope he it has could, a mind change on the way there. You know, you guys did a really good job of of carrying on, like carrying the match on, like after that, because that could have been a uh, that could have messed things up pretty bad. Like you know, the, the distraction with that, you know. Yeah, if somebody was said that that was going to happen, I would be like, oh, I hope no, I don't. Right. Think we can't. Yeah, that can't happen on paper. That sounds bad, yeah. but yeah, it kind of happened at the at a decent time. Uh, Give you a chance to take a breather. I mean, I was, <laughs> yeah, I was all right. Anyways, I was all just, right. But yeah, exactly. I don't know. It happened in a good time. I got slammed in the fence, and the yeah. next thing was he picked, pulled out a chair. So yeah, 
it was it kind of it almost brought it to another level in a way now that I'm once I watched it back and stuff hey so um I I noticed uh I noticed Jay likes to play uh, a strong heel role in in in, the, in you know in the match especially in the match with you the ball shots and all that yeah that's a little like you don't see that that much in in uh Japanese wrestling yeah I think it's awesome yeah I, we everybody there's it's not a lot of there's not a lot of heels anymore exactly so if he can if he can figure out how to make all everybody in Japan not think he's cool and actually hate him oh holy cow he'll be everybody's gonna want to wrestle him then uh, for sure if he if he can get like especially baby faces there's just a lot of every, there's a lot of cool heels he, like even to you know Minoru Suzuki he's a heel but he's so damn tough and badass that the crowd likes him yeah. <laughs> a little and enough, plus, you know, you know and even when he's beating the dog crap out of a young boy there plus when still... you when you've been around for 30 years you know whether people it, book you as a heel or not you know it's you know that emotional equity is there and you it's hard to boo a guy like that you know oh the respect yeah there's so much damn respect for that guy yeah and he's so who, un, he's unhateable and, you know not to not to keep talking about the incident with jr but was there any talk any like did, was there did you guys or jay or anyone talk to josh or, or jr uh after the show Oh yeah, he yeah he it was squashed. I thought it was squashed after the show, and uh, obviously it wasn't our intention to hurt Jr. Right. You know, but I I mean I think he knew that uh, because you, why would we want to take the attention off the match? Of course, of course. Yeah. We don't want to, who wants nobody wants to hurt anybody, especially you know a seventy year old uh, guy like you know nobody wants yeah. to hurt anybody. But yeah, we apologize because you know it's just a bummer that it happened, and we're in the wrong at the end of the day. You know. I thought the guardrails were going to be locked because I asked if I went out there earlier in the day because I knew we would be, you know, into the. I knew we were going to be hitting the fences pretty hard, so I wanted to make sure they were interlocked. And the guys on the floor at 4 p.m. told me they were going to be, so I thought it would be, you know, okay. So, so hey, um, do you have any opponents in mind? Any challengers for the title? Well, now that did you, I. Anybody who pins me in the G one is gonna have a, uh, you know, a claim at the at a title shot for sure. Are you gonna but, t- Are you gonna be defending it uh, outside of the U S? Not 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 as of right now. I don't. I don't. We'll have, we'll have to see after the G one. I'll think I'll we'll probably have a pretty good. I'll have a good, pretty good idea of where the next match will be. So I wouldn't be surprised if it would be the next time we're in the U S. So I think that's in September. Is there September third? Any chance? I'm sorry to keep cutting you off. Is there any chance of you defending it at All In in your hometown in Chicago? Oh, there's definitely no chance for that because I think I'm going to be in England during All In in Chicago. So, hmm. yeah, that won't happen. Well, speaking <laughs> of the G1, you're going to be going. You have a match against Coda, Naito, Kenny, Toruyano. Who are some of the opponents that you're most looking forward to working with? Uh, definitely Ibushi and uh, definitely Ishii because I, I haven't had any. Uh, singles matches with them ever and they're both awesome so those are going to be fun and then I'm always like you know anytime you get to wrestle Kenny Omega <laughs> you know <laughs> of course I'm going to be ex- excited for that and then Naito I want I, I kind of want to see because last time I had a match with Naito was about a year year and a half ago so I kind of want to see the second go around it I think it could be better and I think I'm gonna you know everybody's I think just more over so it should be better Hey, when when you first went over there, um, 
How was it like, uh, uh, you know, the communication uh, you know, with with the guys you're in the ring with? How is that? How is that working for you? I mean, it, in a while, well, I, I first had to learn to slow down when yeah. I'm talking. You know, you're a match, and you're like, oh yeah, that was awesome, blah 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 blah. So first couple of weeks, I was fast talking a little with my English, but as far as making matches and communication with all of the guys that we work with over there on a daily basis, it's it's pretty damn good because they know wrestling English. I was just going to say it's and the wrestling English, right? That, yeah. Yeah, they know wrestling English and we know enough, you know, we know a little a few Japanese words. It's like this not Spanglish because it's not Spanish, but it's like broken Japanese. They know, I don't know you and you kind of figure out how every guy talks and yeah. how they understand and their level of English. So Juice. It's easier, but they they know wrestling English until you want to do something they don't want to do. Then they don't understand a oh. goddamn word you're saying. <laughs> oh my god, that's a hundred percent right. <laughs> <laughs> they all of a sudden don't understand. <laughs> right? I love when they do that, though. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'd be kayfabe in my English too, man. <laughs> oh Jesus. Hey, uh, I was, you know, I was reading uh, what you said. Uh, you know, post-title uh, win, and uh, you brought up Canyon Seaman and WWE and all that, and uh, um, you know, I think it's just fine for you to unload and 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 that like that. I I um I also think it would have uh, just uh, just you going out there and and being as successful as you are. And 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 winning the United the IWGP United States title at the Cow Palace and run all those people is is a a pretty good up yours uh, by itself. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're, you're right. And I probably you know I but I, I'm kind of a hothead, I guess. It's okay. You, you're right. Nothing nothing needed to be. I could have that was a, that could have been communicated silently. You're totally right. That was enough of a I'm doing it. I didn't need to say it. But, but at the same time, it's okay it, it, because it was coming from an authentic and a hundred percent real place, man. And that's what people like about you, or love about you. Oh, uh, and that's all. That's that's the kind of wrestling I like. So that's what I'm, I got to try to be—just myself, I think. But it, it was more. It's also to the media too, because everybody constantly wants to talk to me about WWE, which is okay. Yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't want it to be like a uh, fuck you, Canyon. I was. I'm a star, and I always was. I wanted it to be like. Hey, I left and I remembered those damn words. Yes, and, and I'm doing my damnedest to try to do it. You know, it was, it wasn't. I don't know. I didn't want it to be like, um, because I'm not. I don't. I'm not mad at WWE. Man, everything I know about wrestling, the reason I am where I am now is a lot to do with it. Is those four years that I was in WWE. Yeah. If I wouldn't have failed in WWE, I wouldn't be where I was. I'll, me failing in WWE has way less to do with WWE. It was it has to do with me. Thank I was you. young. I'm glad you said that. I was 23. I was learning how to work. Yeah. So, no, WWE's all cool in my book. I just, yeah, I don't know. I was just going. I was just going and not thinking. Yeah. More feeling. Yeah, no, and that's okay. I, uh, I'm i glad you said that uh, part about, uh, you know, a lot of it have, uh, having to do with you. And, uh, you know, because, yeah. you know, when people leave there, a lot of times all they do is blame, you know, blame, you know, it not working out on everyone but themselves. Right. And that's, and you feel, you do feel that emotion, but when then, you know, when you look back on it a couple of years later, you know, it, it, it was, you're in control of your own destiny at the end of the day. Yeah. You really are. I, if I would have 
been probably myself when I was there, I probably would have succeeded. But I had to not be myself and try to be something I wasn't to not succeed, to then learn that I have to be myself to succeed. So (laughs) I know that sounds, but I think it really happens for me. Makes total sense to me. Well, a lot of people were raving about your promo skills prior to your match with Jay White. What was it like learning from Dusty Rhodes? Dell Dusty, you know, he's the best. He just always, it's not what you say, it's how you say it and how you, you know, if you're, it's about feeling. Promos are about feeling. That's right. So if you're feeling it when you're saying it, that's the only way you're going to be able to make people feel it. Hmm. And there's, you know, they still might not feel it, but the only chance you have them in people feeling you is if you're feeling it. So Kevin Owens said you're the best promo in wrestling right now. Oh, geez. I know that created that opened up a barrel of monkeys huh man everybody's telling <laughs> that now that was that's huge sometimes i forget how big of a reach those guys have holy cow hey but so but but juice when you're cutting a promo like the one like you know where you're talking about your metacarpal and all that and you know but it's a different feeling when you're cutting a promo in that environment isn't it yeah, well, yeah, it's, 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 they're all, it feels real. Like, I'm talking about are... real shit. Like, I'm not talking about, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's, it's easy. And it's, it comes off real. Like, I believed what you were saying. I believed the things that you were coming, that were coming out of your mouth. And I believed you were talking about real life shit, not some fake wrestling angle. That's, that's the kind of wrestling that I liked back when I was a kid. That's what it was like. It seemed like less scripts and more like people fired up and blue yeah. and real motion. And now sometimes it feels like it's canned. So uh-huh. I don't know. I just want to try to yeah, be real. And you sometimes deserve, it's not there. Luckily it was there. You deserve an incredible amount of credit. You talked about how at such a young age, you're at NXT, which is a golden goose for a lot of people for you to be so self-aware to say, you know what? This isn't for me right now. I need to grow. And then to do what you did, uh, just kudos to you, man, because not many people are that self-aware in their early 20s. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks. I don't know. I don't know. I just I felt that's how I felt. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm this mature being. But I have no idea. <laughs> I, just, I wanted to be good at wrestling. I knew that. That's all. That's awesome. So is there anybody in New Japan when you first got there that maybe you learned from, maybe took you under your wing, under their wing? Oh, definitely. On a... Just uh, just every day teaching me everything is Rocky, Rocky Romero. Because, yes. I mean, he's been going there for 15, 20 years. God. Yep. No, he he just, the way of life in Japan, he just, he's the best. But in a, in a wrestling way, it's got to be Tanahashi and Makabe, those guys. Because we tagged, I was, you know, I've been tagging with them now for three years. And they're just good, great. They're just great baby faces, great company guys. They lead by example. But those those three probably have influenced me the most. Hey, do you have you witnessed uh, like the booking process there and how it works in comparison to way like you know how it works in uh, you know here in the states like in WWE? I mean, I know you haven't been to like Impact or ROH, have you? Uh, no. So I mean, I've worked, I've done a you know a match here and there for ROH, but no, nothing. But Gato, like Gato's the booker, and and uh, and like. Like he's doing an amazing job, and I'm just wondering how much input the talent has, you know, uh, in 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 the angles and the storylines, however you want to put it. Right. Okay. Well, I I can only really speak on my stuff, and yeah. I, I just know 
I don't ever, I don't really ever ask. I'm not one of those guys who's like, okay, what am I doing at Wrestle Kingdom 13? You know, I need to know now. Yeah. Years, you know, in advance. I don't, I just take it as it comes. So every day, whatever. But he'll, he'll let me know like a month in advance if one, when, if he needs me to start to set it up or like start to hint at uh, a match in, in a tag match or, you know, set it. You know what I mean? Like setting up, if, if the sure. angle needs to be set, he'll let me know then. So, then, so you can plant a seed. Yeah, so like the, I knew I was gonna wrestle Jay. I think maybe two months ago, but yeah. I, you know I didn't know the I didn't know the finish, but I know my character. So, but do you I have know. input? Do you have creative input? You know, in in the things, do they come to you and ask for your uh, feedback into the stuff that you're gonna be involved in? Yeah, a hundred percent, man. Gato's so cool. Like I one night or right in the beginning, I said something like, "Hey, it might be cool if we did something where my hand maybe was broken or." Or something to add maybe to a story to the story of the match, and he said, "Oh, he didn't even think. He just said, yep, no, no problem, cool, whatever yeah. you guys want to do.'" And then wow. he just he gives us ideas along the way, and he and he can fix usually our ideas. If we give him like an idea, he'll fine tune it and he'll like throw it through his governor and make it work. That's one and, of the things Jericho actually mentioned when we had him on the show. Yeah, he's there sitting there a lot, real quietly, like. Just kind of doing his beard like this, strumming and thinking, and he's quiet. And then it'll just be like, okay, what if? And then it's your idea, but it's like your your idea. If you know, like proofread, <laughs> spell right. checked, ran through spell checked, spell check. It's, <laughs> it's like running ideas with Yoda. He just has a wise way of yeah, uh, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we spoke of your transition, obviously transitioning into New Japan, but what. I is what made you go to New Japan instead of taking more of a traditional uh, route in terms of going to the U.S. and to the Indies and stuff like that? So uh, that was all uh, Giant Bernard, uh, uh, Prince Albert, Baldo. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever you know him as. He he became my friend down there before he even became a coach because he was coming down to kind of do like Florida house shows, like just little matches against uh, Adam whatever the, I keep the Hardy Rose? guys name, remember just, I don't know. Then he became a coach, but we were already friends. He was a commentator on NXT and we would like talk about the CJ Parker, like hippie character and stuff. Then he became a coach. He found out I was, you know, he, I would always kind of tell him I was frustrated with the whole process or like where I was in NXT and stuff. And he said, well, if you ever quit, uh, let me try to get something over there, get you a look for new Japan. And then when I, uh, when I finally did say, okay, enough is enough, that was WrestleMania 31. And uh, luckily they were inducting Tetsumi Fujinami into the Hall of Fame. So the New Japan president and uh, Tiger Tori and a couple other higher up office guys were oh, yeah. at uh, access. So they got they saw me when I was wrestling. And all Bernard said was, hey, man, you should take this kid to Japan. He's a good kid. And he just quit here and wow. he loves wrestling and he wants to, you know, He's, he's in it for the right reasons, and that was that. And I came back through, and they said, hey, man, you want to come to the dojo? And hell yeah, I do. And uh, I didn't know when, but I knew it was going to happen. And then I left the next day, and uh, I went to England for a little while for a summer, and I worked on the camps with uh, Brian Dixon. I don't know if you guys are familiar of course. with Brian Dixon. Yeah, it's awesome. You just wrestle like at carnivals all over England in front of eight-year-old kids, so you just have like Looney Tune matches. <laughs> Just, just do the Gaga, the right? Time. The best. Yeah, just work the Gaga spots, the stuff exactly. that yeah, easy stuff. Yeah. So, 
such a just so much fun. And I did a couple indies, and then I moved in uh, to the dojo at the end of the summer. So it was really, it was man, it just perfect storm. It all worked out just perfect. Hey, so, do, you, do you have a um, now that you're no longer uh, you know in in the dojo? Uh, do you do you have a place like, or do you just stay at the hotels when you're in Japan, or do you have your own spot over there you stay at now? Well, we just we just stay at the hotels. So. We, if we're in Tokyo, we're at the Tokyo Dome Hotel, which is like right outside Corican. Oh, you guys don't stay then, at the KO Plaza anymore? No, that changed uh, maybe a few years ago. Oh, probably. wow. That's maybe sad to me, be- man. That's sad to me. That was like home base. Yeah, that's oh, what shit. Rocky said. That one's a lot better. But I think about 10 years ago, they switched it over. But it makes going to Corican really easy. So sure. I like it. Yeah. Hey, how about and that? And then when we're, on, when we're on tour, we're just in all the little country town hotels like the rest of the boys hey so okay all like all like growing up being a fan of wrestling japanese wrestling learning about japanese wrestling you hear about cork and hall how was it the first time you stepped into that venue <laughs> oh. oh my god yeah it was it was awesome it was it was like you don't even it's like a blur almost yeah it feels it felt like i was on another planet but it's small, right? Like it's it's like the at one point that was the like capital of wrestling in the entire world. Like there were more shows in that building than any other building in in world in the world for wrestling. And and it's so tiny. Like it barely fits 2000 people. And it the, doesn't yeah, it fits 1800 people. So yeah. With standing room only, you know, but it's shaped in a way. I don't know. It's just it gets hot, you know. It's good, oh, yeah. good energy. Real good energy. If you get you know eighteen hundred people if they're if eighteen hundred people into it in a good in a small building is great. Oh yeah, no, it's a fantastic, it's an amazing building. Yeah. I just was like blown away by it. kind kind of like in the same way uh, the first time I went to the Sportatorium in Dallas. Wow, oh, you know, I'm and it's that that yeah. sounds bad. So, so you Arena guys... Mexico was pretty cool. Too. Oh yeah, that was a cool one because you always was... hear about that one. But yeah, Corkin is the. I love that place. Hey, how was your experience in Mexico? Oh, it was it was fun. Yeah. I mean, it was really fun. I just, I mean, I didn't do anything really besides punch and kick. And they, you know, I was a heel. Even though I was a baby face in Japan, I was a heel in Mexico. Cause was it easy? I, yeah, it was so easy. They just chanted, you know, gringo puto at me. And I uh. like <laughs> but I, I acted like it was like applause. So I yeah. was like, yeah, basking in it. Yeah, and then you just and then you know they got the minis that are in like little fur suits, and you slam one of those and get up on the top turnbuckle. You're good. You're set. And yeah, if you want to get like a comeback, it, it, like for a, like one version of cheap heat, there is to grab the is to grab the mini and just like chuck them into the crowd into like the fifth yeah. row or something. Or just big, give him a big body slam, yeah. hillbilly gym style. Oh yeah. <laughs> Awesome. I don't know who do you have King Kong Bundy when he slammed what whatever his name was, Little Beaver. Little Beaver. He dropped the elbow. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So prior to going to Japan, did you already have knowledge of the product or Japanese wrestling in general? Because it seemed like you know you just you went you know. No, I I didn't. I uh, I, in fact when uh, Matt Bloom first told me like, have you ever thought about wrestling in Japan? I remember laughing in his face, like, ha, me in Japan? Yeah, right. Because I just, I just imagined everything was going to be Suzuki uh, Nagata style, you know? I didn't realize that they, oh, wait, there's Tanahashi's and Taguchi's and there's comedy and, uh, like, 
baby faces and heels and American style and all kinds of styles. It's just it's the same, you know. Uh, but yeah, I couldn't. I did never thought I would be there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You and think there's Corey any Graves was Corey Graves was uh, staying at my house and he brought Wrestle Kingdom Nine. Yeah. And that was the first whole like. Then I started watching all. Then I started, you know, I sunk into it and started watching a bunch of Tanahashi and Nakamura matches and AJ and Ibushi and Kenny and I started to get into it more. But so about a year before I went, I probably started really getting into it. Do you think there are any misconceptions that people have uh, about about the the Japanese style or the New Japan style in, in general? I think that they think that every single match is this hard-hitting because i think the american audience only sees the real big matches so i think everything is just like knock you knock you know just super 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 stiff and then i think that's what the indies have now turned into like they're all trying to be like big match uh you know big match new japan style super strong but on the farm towns and all our house shows and stuff you know yeah we, we lay it in but we you know it's not the same as the cow palace so it's a little lighter, and it's a little maybe everybody just kind of goes through their greatest hits, and yeah, I don't know if you know what it's actually like to be on tour in Japan. And not those every are cork and those are like the house shows over there, right? Like and and uh, and the people that go, the fans that go to the house shows, they know that's what that's what's up. Exactly, and they're fine and they're with fine. it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They know it's just like a concert, and every like okay, it's. You know, you want to see if Queens, they're just going to play Bohemian Rhapsody tonight, but at least they're just going to play, at least it's Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. You know, you want to see Taguchi do some ass stuff, you know, Ishii, you know, Ishii do a big stalling suplex, you know. Yano. Great things. Uh, Homa do the Kokeshi. It's easy. Hey, it's fun. Hey, um, real quick, and this is uh, about somebody else in New Japan. Uh, uh, any word on Takahashi? Uh, the it's the last I heard he's getting it's not as he's not going to need surgery. Oh, good. Thank God. That's good. positive. Yeah, because I've talked about this uh, in some tweets and I've you know discussed it over the years. I broke my neck twice. I, the second time I had cervical fusion uh, done, but the first time I did, uh, I rehabbed it without surgery, and uh, and so people are you know. Assuming the worst, and and it's okay to be, uh, you know, to be uh, concerned and worried about him. But like, you know, the guy walked out of the ring on his own. Uh, I I I just think that like we need to realize like, okay, it's not the broken neck, paralyzed, quadriplegic for life, broken neck stuff we're talking here. And I think a lot of people like are getting that confused when they hear broken neck. You yeah, know? no, exactly. Well, that that's what, when you hear broken neck, people think that. But that's not every broken neck. Right. But, yeah, hopefully ho- hopefully his broken neck is just, you know, time off, even, even though that still sucks. But I'm, that beats the alternative, so. Yeah. Is there any it, talk? It sounds there... bad to say, but I think it was kind of, after seeing it, this is probably the best case scenario because that looked like it could have been the last bump he ever took. Exactly. And so is there any talk um... – is there any talk, uh, you know, in New Japan about trying to tone down some of the, the that type of thing to where the risk just doesn't uh, doesn't uh, match up with the reward? Right. Uh, no, there there hasn't been. There there really hasn't. It's 
it's every man, you know, it's kind of up to you what, how you, you know. Sure. Zack Sabre Jr. doesn't wrestle like that. I know that. But, yeah. I mean, I my fair share of bumps on my upper shoulders and, you know, it's up to, it's your choice. And that's his style. And he's crazy. And he, I tell him all the time, he thinks he's not crazy, but those guys are crazy. Like Osprey, him, Dragon Lee, they put their body. That's and okay. I don't think that people really truly understand the craziness that they're seeing. Yeah. <laughs> and no, I, get up, uh, like they're made of rubber. I think it's fine when we put our own bodies on the line, but man, that one was too much, man. Like, you know, when we when when it's somebody else's body, like we, God damn, we need to be a little bit more careful. That move is like has to be. I wouldn't even ever try that move. That has to be so perfect. Yeah. You have to execute that. There's no room for any bit of a mess up. And it looked like to me he was that thing was doomed from the start. Exactly. I hate to say, it looked like he was down by his belly button. How are you going to get him all the way over onto his shoulder? Oh man, it's, it's don't want to miss that. Don't want to miss out I mean, on that. I know, I would, don't want to miss so out would, on that reaction, though, Juice. I know. And right? It's so hard to push them. Those guys push themselves so hard because they probably did about 15 German suplexes on their head before that. <laughs> I'm, not tr- I'm not trying to patronize them. Sure. But, they, yeah, and then they got to, exactly like you just said, then they have to top that. Yep. And then they've been having crazy matches for years. Yeah. And so they keep getting crazier. And, oh, man. Hopefully uh, something, hopefully, uh, you know, uh, and, and, really, and you're right, man. I understand where you're coming from, because I mean, it is between the two guys that are going out there and having to match with each other, and you know, no one's going to do a move to you don't want them to do. I, I no, I'm not doing it, and it's not going to be done. So, like, yeah, both guys are responsible uh, for that. It's just, man, it was really disturbing watching that. But uh, that's got nothing to do with you. I didn't mean to go off into the weeds there. So. Uh, uh, yeah, man, I appreciate you come. Uh, you know, I don't think you've done any uh, any podcasts or any interviews since you've uh, won the championship, have you? No, this is this is the first one. And I'm very yeah. honored. I'm very honored uh, by that. Juice it means a lot to me. Can we oh. can we see it? Can we see the belt? It's right behind you. Oh yeah, it's right here. For all the people that are watching. Yeah. Sweet. Right How's it Let's feel, man? Dude, I was just. It's funny. I'm, it's so heavy. Yeah. God, it's like. 30 pounds like, <laughs> like I, care. I figured I had to bring it home though to show my family and stuff and my friends so and I brought it home once but I might leave it in Japan after this <laughs> and we'll wear it proudly man and don't let anyone like give you shit and, and call you Mark if, 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 if you're proud of that thing because I think we talked about this before we went on air you know that championship means a lot it's not passed around like a hot potato back and forth uh, between people to where you don't even know who the who the champion is uh, uh, from one day to the next. So uh, that's a real championship uh, when it comes to pro wrestling. And 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 so um, man, really happy that you're the uh, U.S. champ, man. Be proud of that, dude. Oh, thanks a lot, man. That's crazy. It's so crazy that you, it, that's coming out of your mouth. I mean, we used to watch you when I was a kid. Hey, man. <laughs> to get all mushy. <laughs> it's, just, it's, just, it's just crazy how life is. Life yeah. Is just so- yeah. Hey, let me, now that you mentioned that, is there anybody like that you grew up idolizing and, and watching that you got to be in the ring with? That you were just like, oh, shit, I can't believe I'm in the ring with this guy. Wow, there there really hasn't yet. I re- I. I hope it happens for you because it's pretty badass, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I did. I did have a moment once where I was like, 
Gold I Gold Dust and Cody were at yeah. the performance center and I had to uh I don't know, I was rolling around with Gold Dust really quick. And I used to always be a big fan of him. He'd be like he'd lock up, he'd grab you in a headlock, but before he was already off the ropes and hitting the other side before it's like <laughs> you know you know what I'm talking about. Yep. Right? He'd grab that headlock but hit the ropes right away. And he runs the ropes so damn fast, I used to think when I was little. Well, because he's uh, got long legs, and you don't have to take but two steps to be across the ring. Yeah, and I did something with him where it was like some kind of high spot, just like for him to warm up. And I was like, oh, that was pretty cool. And I took, I did take an arm drag from Ricky Steamboat once. Oh wow! And that was badass. Nice. I didn't mean to get (laughs) sidetracked on that. I was just curious if you've had that kind of experience yet, because it's it's a really special experience. Like, like first time I was in the ring with Ric Flair, and, and like first time I wrestled Hulk Hogan. Wow. I mean, it's. Yeah, especially Flair since he grew like oh. first time I ever went to a live wrestling match it was Flair and Dusty. But anyways, oh, Juice. Uh again, one more time, congratulations, man. So happy for you. You deserve it as much as anyone in wrestling right now, man. And uh oh, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, brother. That's so that's so awesome. Thank and, you. Hey, real quick. Anything you want to plug, like outside stuff that we haven't already talked about, uh, social media? I know you don't have Twitter. No, I no, I don't. There's nothing I want to plug with New Japan World, but I'm sure everybody knows about it. Oh yeah, and, and sign up for that for the G1 because the G1's about to start, and that's like hundreds of high quality wrestling matches. So get everybody get your New Japan World. That's it. Hey. I, don't, I don't care. Anything and else? and one like one one last thing it's it's probably the most important thing I can tell you uh, is um, you know Ron Funches is no I, <laughs> I hope he's watching right now <laughs> Ron Munches is is a, an amazing comedian is a really good friend of mine and he's he's actually pretty goddamn famous and when I when I said I was going to have you on the show. Uh, like one of the first tweets I got was from Ron Funches saying, "Tell him I love him," and that's oh, in Ron Funches' voice. I think I might know him now. I, I think I. Ah, uh, you don't have to lie. <laughs> <laughs> before, before no, but go look him up. He's great. <laughs> okay. Before yeah, we let you go, good. Juice, I wanted to know what was your dad's reaction to you winning this title? Oh yeah, he he thought it was awesome. I, I mean, I let him know before I went off to California, and I brought my brother with, but. I lied to my brother and told him I was going to lose, and he was pretty emotional afterwards. I totally tricked him, but so, yeah, my dad was happy. It was we watched it the other night. He, he loves it. Was how, it? How many times have you watched the match back? I just watched it twice. I want I watched it once uh, in English and once in Japanese. Did you pick it apart? Did you already like just rip it to shreds? Yeah, I wish yeah. I wouldn't have watched. Well, well, don't share any of that with the people. Keep that shit to yourself. Let everyone enjoy it, like for what what they right. You know what I mean? I've made the yeah. mistake about taking some great matches of mine and letting people know what I thought about them, and like I probably shouldn't because now they're going, oh yeah, and they're looking at these little spots in the matches that I've had and seeing the flaws in them that they would have never saw before. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, didn't mean to start rambling about that. I uh, just I'm, you know you're. You're your own worst critics. For sure. So, Juice, again, congratulations, man. And uh, I'm grateful that you came on the show today, man, and spent some of your valuable time with us. Enjoy the Juice, rest of your day. My, my pleasure, man. Thank you very much for having me. IWGP, United States Heavyweight Champion, Juice Robinson, everyone. Yeah. All right. Thank you, brother. Thank All you right. so much, my friend. Hope Thanks, to see you guys. soon. Take care. All right.
That was fun. Thank you guys for helping me out on that. Of course. Um, Great stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, really deserves it. You know, one of the good guys. And I remember, like I said, I remember, I thought it was at Full sale, but it might have been right after uh, uh, WrestleMania. He got released. I didn't I think, hit that a lot. He got released April 3rd or something, yeah. so it was probably Mania-ish. Yeah, so uh, I just remember the conversation I had with him and some of the things I told him and the things that he told me. And like I said, like the plan that he had in his brain, it seems like it worked out exactly, you know, uh, how he had it laid out. Like I said, no ego and self-aware. Yeah. And that's uh, that's really important. Yeah. Anything uh, anything before we go? Well, definitely check out Sean if you're going to be in Lowell, Massachusetts this weekend, July Friday, July 13th, Chaotic Wrestling. You'll be in a tag match with JT Dunn against Killa Nova Inc. All your information is at chaoticwrestling.com. And Heavy on Wrestling, uh, July 29th, you'll be down in for- at the Fortune Bay Casino uh, with Hall and Nash and Bischoff and Bruce Pritchard and shit. I mean, there's a lot of people. There's a pretty big show up there at Fortune Bay. Yeah, stay tuned to Sean's social media at The Real Xbox for any more information on that. Uh, t-shirts at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sean Waltman and follow me on Twitter at Jimbo in the Booth. Awesome. You guys can check me out on Twitter and on Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo. Come say hi. And then also make sure to check out my YouTube channel. You can just search me up, Denise Salcedo. I have a lot of super cool stuff that you guys are going to like coming soon without spoiling any surprises. All right. I'm at Jay Quasto, Championship Wrestling for Hollywood. Our television tapings this Sunday. David Arquette makes his return to the ring. And we'll see you right here next week on Xbox One, Two, Three, Sixty, right here on AfterBuzz TV, Westwood One, and the Jericho Network. Executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, Sean Waltman, producers Mark B. Donica, Jimbo Frank, and the entire Xbox 12360 staff. We would like to thank you for tuning in. Like us on Facebook, rate and comment on iTunes and YouTube. Follow Xbox on Twitter at The Real Xbox and email us at Xbox12360Show at gmail.com. The Westwood One Podcast Network. <laughs> 